It's the Black Swan Podcast, baby. We're raw. And welcome to the Pretty Sure Week 7 edition of the Black Swan Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell. I got one more in me before I go play in the sands for the next six months. So let's just get right into it, Rob. A uh, pretty good game against Austin Town Fitch. I think a little bit closer than we were expecting. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I thought it was a it was a good game, a really fun game. Uh, I thought it was an impressive win. I thought it was. Uh, I thought the Tigers played really well. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it in depth a little bit more, but just in general, I thought it was a really good game for us. Yeah, um, I know we talked about this to death, like during the game, but. <clears throat> Mavson, we're not really we're not world beaters right now. You know, we can't just go out there and hang up forty five points on anybody and just go out and dominate like we've been used to seeing the last couple years. And honestly, I'm happy with that. You know, it was it's the, the games are fun again to sit there and that was one of the more exciting games we've been to in a while and like it was you don't want to say just Austin Town, but it's not like it was a state championship game or anything, and it was a really close game for the most part, and it was fun to get into and actually like get excited and get up for a game and because like I said, you know, the last few years we've been going in, it's like most teams, okay, we're gonna score forty five on these guys, second second team backups are gonna be in before halftime and it's like whatever. But this was actually a game that was fun to get into for the entire time. Yeah, so I thought that was a pretty good Fitch team compared to some of the other ones we've seen in the past. And like you said, you know, this isn't so far that we've seen one of the best teams we've had lately. Uh, I know we have a lot of moving parts. We have some people out. We have some injuries. Um, we got some young players that are still trying to learn. But I, I think you're right. It, it does add some fun to the game. It's a little bit different. You know, obviously, given the opportunity, you know, you'd rather be the um, unstoppable force that just goes to the state championship every single year. Um, but that, you know, obviously is not going to happen. Um, we've talked about the situation with the town, with the team, um, just how you can't be like that every single year. It's not going to happen. Uh, but I, I thought it was really fun. I think, uh, I think Fitch was actually a pretty good team. Um, you know, they're early on gave us a scare. Uh, they were, you know, they got a big lead on. Well, they got a lead on us. Mm. They were looking to take a commanding lead on us. End up a great hustle play, chasing down a would-be touchdown, getting him to fumble out of the back of the end zone for a touchback. I think that instead of being twenty-one to three, we ended up getting the ball back. It would have been. We had seven. And we had seven at the yeah. time. So instead of being twenty-one-seven, you know, it stayed at fourteen-seven. Mm. I'm not sure if we came down and scored off of that, but I don't think um, we did. You know, we stopped them, and, and it kind of changed things. I think being twenty-one-seven, and they've had you know really good success so far. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a much harder hill to climb, obviously. So yeah, um, but yeah, had, I mean, it, it's fun. It, it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point in the game, you know, they had all the momentum in the world. It, they were coming out. They were just that, that quarterback was slinging it all night. Yeah, and he was out there making plays with his feet, um, scrambling around, finding open guys. That it was even on that play. 
uh, that you know he scrambled around, found the guy that just happened to come back for the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, safety tripped, but he got up, made a great hustle play. And can we talk about how that's just the worst rule in all of football? It is the worst rule. I mean, we're quoting people on that. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's it is considered the worst rule in football. I guess the title for it. We're not just saying that. It is. Uh, it's a dumb rule. Uh, it's an unfair rule. It you know kept the Browns from going to the AFC Championship last year and then going to the Super Bowl last year. But it is a dumb rule. Worked out in our favor, so glad to have it. And I guess it kind of fits with the rest of the officiating that that night. You know, they didn't call that play correctly, mm-hmm. but oh, that was one of the few they got right. Yeah. So I actually wrote down some notes about the game. Uh, just as like reminders or things I kind of wanted to touch on. One of them it, it was the refs. I don't think the refs were amazing last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's I th- one way to put it. Yeah, I think they missed a few things. To put it generously, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of. <clears throat> I think there was a couple holding calls they missed, which get aggravating. But in general, I think they did a pretty decent job of just letting the boys play and. Given the option, I'd rather them do that, mm-hmm. which is which is fine. Um, I don't think we really had any holding. They didn't really. No, I don't I think mean, they had any holding. I mean, with um, like with holding pass interference, those kind of calls mm-hmm. and not calling them, I'm fine with that. Like, yeah, so letting them play, I am very much okay with that regard. Yeah, so with that stuff, I think that's fine. I, I think there was probably a couple holding on them that. A little more I would have liked. Yeah, I would have liked to get called. I'm sure it goes both ways. There's probably a couple on us that I missed, but like that, I'm okay with. But I think there was a couple. I know they did call a couple of false starts, mm-hmm. but I think they missed a couple pretty oh. bad ones as well. There, there was definitely one where the receiver had like three steps yeah. on a snap. Yeah, it was it was really bad. They just let that go. It was like on the right, or at least the receiver was like on the right hash, right, yeah, or the right sideline, right in front of the. Mm-hmm. Ref over there, he didn't call it. Um, and then there was the one like little kind of pooch kickoff they did, and the kicker runs up and he just does a really hard stutter step before kicking, like really throws himself out of stride. Mm-hmm. And it was really awkward enough that I remember Cody and I just looked at each other like there had to have been a handful of people offsides right there because everybody's like timing it up with the kicker. And he's running and then kind of stops, stutters, takes another step, and then kicks off. And it's like, there's no way they weren't off. There had to have been somebody offsides right there. Um, And then something I didn't notice at the time, because we were on the opposite side of the field when it happened, but when they got that fumble at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, when the kid was entirely on the ground. So, yeah, that's what I saw. That's what I saw people saying that saw it on TV or saw the replay of it or whatever. They, They said the kid was laying on the ground fighting for the ball. And then got up and ran with it, which I feel like that's a hard thing to miss. Yeah. And from our angle, I couldn't see at all. I knew like a ball came out, did not see the ball whatsoever, and then I saw a guy running with it. So I don't know how it happened, but people were claiming that the guy was completely on the ground with the ball and then took off with it. So I'm not sure how you would miss that if that's how it happened. Um, And then another one that I would have loved to see a replay on Mm -hmm. is late in the game. It ended up not mattering. Late in the game, they're backed up on like their own four or something, and the quarterback's running around, and he's about to get sacked. He's stumbling, and when he starts to go down, he's holding the ball in his right hand, I believe. And he like uses his right hand to try to keep himself from going down, mm-hmm. and he ends up fumbling. And I'd love mm. to see the replay of it because 
in real speed, it looks like he tried to keep himself from falling. When he did, he you know puts the ball on the ground and it snaps out of his hand and it's a fumble. And I remember the referee saying that he was down. And I'd love to know if he was actually down or if he was using the you know fumble by ground. You know the ground can't yeah. cause a fumble rule, which the ground can cause a fumble if you're not down. <laughs> that's that's a kind of a dumb saying that people used to say. Hmm. Back in the day when you would land, you know, you would, yeah. you would fall, you fall onto the ground. And when you fall on the ball, it pops out. Right. But your knee, everything out, the rest yeah, of your body Yeah, but you hit down. the ground. You're yeah. down. But I think this kid caught himself, and that's what knocked the ball out, is him trying to catch himself with the ball. Maybe not. I just, in real time, that's kind of what it looked like. Hmm. But I think in general, the refs were not the greatest. I mean, I thought... But well, they did let the boys play, and I'd still rather that happen. The other thing you didn't talk about, which was the entire situation was absolutely hilarious to me, was the, um, you know, we throw the ball up, jump ball. They intercepted on, like, the, what, five-ish yard yeah. line. Mm-hmm. And Banks and the other receiver end up coming, like, to pick the kid up to tackle him, and they really couldn't get him down. They end up taking him to the sideline and just say, eh, screw it, and just suplex him anyway. Yeah. And they, that happened at, like, the 12-yard line. Oh, yeah. And they ended up calling, you know, offsetting personal fouls, so you're not walking them off one way or another, and somehow the ball ends up on the five-yard line. Yeah, that's another one that went in our favor, (laughs) but the refs completely messed up. They should have had it on the 12. Right. Instead, they got it on the five. And their head coach just comes screaming down the sideline, absolutely losing his mind, which he has every right to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the ref said to him, but it, like... It's like, yeah. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) Like, not happening. Like the ball's supposed to be on the twelve. It's on the five. Coach, it is on the twelve. What? <laughs> I just imagine the sideline official on the opposite side of the field is probably saying what he's been saying all night mm-hmm. and what every ref says. I, I couldn't see it. That wasn't my call. <laughs> like, how do you expect me to make a call from the other sideline? And in that situation, the correct thing to do is like go over to the head ref and it's like, "Hey, are we sure we spotted this right?" And then he yeah. says yes or no. But it, what he, I almost promised what he said was, "I don't know." <laughs> That wasn't it, my it was, it was hey, a, something like that. Wasn't my call. Not wasn't my. my call. I didn't do that. I didn't call that. I'm I'm way over here. I'm not the one that called it. I can't spot that. <laughs> I I think they just wanted to keep White Hat from doing as little as possible because it sounded like he was actively dying as that game went on. Oh, it was a little rough. That was rough. I although I guess I'd rather listen to him start to croak rather than that damn screech every third down. Yes, yeah, so that was another thing I had on my list. That uh, yeah. Falcon screech was just the worst noise i've ever heard in my entire life absolutely horrendous like there are certain annoying features that places can have um you know if you're like if you're coming to a masslin game as an opposing team you might hate hearing the bells go off on third down like it's annoying to you because like it's not your thing you hate it you might hate seeing the horse spit fire down at steubenville because it's not your horse, it's theirs. Like, it's annoying. There is zero chance that the Fitch fans enjoy that Falcon screech. It's impossible. I would rather listen to a Nazgul screech and scratch its paws on a chalkboard at the same time. I will take five fire-breathing horses at every away game for the rest of ever if I never have to hear that Falcon screech again. There is something wrong with their audio 
or their speakers in general. It seems like everything kind of came through with like a little extra high-pitched screechingness behind it. Gain was turned up just a little um, bit too high. Yeah, there was there was one song they were playing at one point, like during a TV timeout, and I'm like, oh, this is a, you know, it's, yeah, I like this song. Journey? Uh, I don't think it was Journey, though, but it was some like 80s pop yeah. song. I forget which one. And it came on, I'm like, yeah, you know, pretty good song. And then it's like, oh, it just sounds, ugh. It just sounds It horrendous. sounds screechy. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm not crazy about that at all. Oh, also, I also hated how they're not, see, this is like an annoying thing that like maybe they love it and we hate it, mm-hmm. but I hated how he always had to say, ladies and gentlemen, like he's, you know, there's a car with its lights on. No, ladies and gentlemen, it is third down. Oh my God. Just say it's third down, you jerk. <laughs> Keep getting my attention yeah. for nothing. Like, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, there's somebody messing with my truck. I get it. It's third down. Ah, come on. It's third in inches. We're third in inches. We got it. Come We're on. the game here. Yeah, leave me, leave me alone. Like, I mean, I'll still take that 10 times. I would take that for every oh, down. Than if the it screech. Had, yeah, that was just... Screech was the worst thing I've ever heard. Oof. Um, I guess getting into the rest of the game here. <coughs> Yummy. Uh, da, 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 da. One thing that really stood out to me was... They had 22 first downs. We had 11. Yeah. They ended up running, what is it? Yeah, 77 plays to our 51. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it felt like a lot of the game we really couldn't move the ball at all. Yeah. Uh, they they ended up having a pretty stout defensive front. I, I, th- I don't think that was something we expected going in. And, you know, you got a freshman quarterback in there. It's just like having any kind of young, rookie, inexperienced quarterback. The run game is going to be his best friend. Don't ask him to do too much. It's you know, As good as he may be, he's still a freshman. Mm-hmm. He, he's still a year away from driving, he, and he's starting his first Maslin Tiger football game as quarterback, the most important position on the field. He's it, understandable that he can get a little rattled. So you want to take as much off his plate as possible. And, man, we just couldn't get anything going for a while. Um, and that's, you know, what led to that almost 21-7 to 7 position we were in. Uh, but, man, that kid, their quarterback could just sling the ball. We were talking about it beforehand. They asked him to – he ended up going 21 for 44 with, uh, what was it, five sacks on the on the – night and he probably had a couple more scrambles in there so they asked him to actually drop back and throw it over 50 times that's not something you generally want to ask your high school quarterback to do mm-hmm. unless you're either like really losing or he's a dude and uh for most of the night you know dude's a dude especially when we got him rolling right oh boy um <clears throat> yeah so i mean early in the game it was definitely tough sledding for us you know, our run game was pretty much non-existent until the fourth quarter. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, our offense was having a really tough time. And when you can't run the ball, you're making it tough on your quarterback. Uh, it didn't have a lot of time back there in general. It, and it got to a point where it's like I know we have some decent receivers. We have good, we have good receivers. Mm-hmm. And they kept lining up and, like, man – you know they run the, like cover three and man they just they started getting aggressive on us and like it's a matter of time until it's like right now nothing's working it's a matter of time until we just start throwing it up mm-hmm. one-on-ones with our guys i like it and ultimately it ended up working for us pretty well and i remember at one point like in the stands i go i look over at you guys i'm like it's a good thing i'm not the offense coordinator because i'm just <laughs> heaving it up the sideline every time jump ball 
as long as they're going to like get aggressive and play man, I'm just going to toss it up. Like we only have to win 30% of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so right our offense is stumbling right now like you know it's you know it's get them to mix it up like let's hit some home runs mm-hmm. and we did we hit some big time throws um and it ended up working for us got some big time plays and going back to like some of the stats you're giving off earlier you know Fitch was controlling the game in the first half absolutely uh like they had that chance to go up 21-7 yeah i think they had twice as many yards as us i think they doubled our yards in the first half yeah that I think we had, like, what, one or two rushing yards total? I think it was, like, one rushing yard and uh, uh, shot in the dark. I know you have the stats. Like, shot in the dark, like, 120 yards total. I mean, I got 130. the... 130. I have the, oh, the total. total. Yeah, yeah, I don't have the first I want to. I want to say at halftime we had, like, 130 yards total. I think we One went, rushing yeah, yard. We went looking for that one, and it never got posted. Um, like, one rushing yard, 130 total, and they were at, like, 240, 250 total. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that kid, yeah, you talk about slanging it. And he wasn't like he could throw, right? Mm-hmm. But he wasn't your drop back, three step, five step, you know, precision timing quarterback. He did make some decent in rhythm throws. Um, they had some nice play calls against us where it's like you know, quick in rhythm, yeah, yeah. hit like a little five yard hitch. I mean, it, hit a, hit a couple passes. But in general, it's him going and making a play, running around, scrambling. The way they motion the running back out like that real quick right before the snap Mm -hmm. that is so stressful on a defense because suddenly because like with our match coverages you know you're working on who's the number one receiver who's the number two receiver and suddenly sending him out like that it changes the numbers so suddenly you know two becomes three uh three becomes Mm -hmm. two you got guys you get it makes a lot of holes in the creates a lot of seams in the zone coverage potentially yeah and then when you got a kid that can scramble around and make a play that your zone your entire defense is going to kind of, you know, it's yeah. only going to hold up for so long. So it was the perfect, it seemed like the perfect mix of, like you said, that rhythm, that mm-hmm. timing offense, and then a kid that can make a play when there's nothing there to start. Yeah, I mean, that's something we touched on last week. Um, the potential, you know, we're, we're kind of not comparing, but talking about like what, you know, Slaughter might bring to the table while um he's in there compared to like what we've been doing it's like you're probably not going to see as many qb runs but you might see some more scrambles extending the play mm-hmm. type of thing and we really touched upon how like a defense no matter how good cannot hold up for you know after so long somebody's going to end up breaking open like um scramble drill you know things happen so yeah if you can extend plays it seems like what happened to us last week is a receiver finds a crack somewhere you know, you can only cover for so long until you lose them. You know, breaks back away from you. Things happen when you scramble. Um, the one thing I think we did good in the second half um, to kind of help contain that scrambling, because it's you know, like as you alluded to, I was complaining all night that all he does is scramble right. I was trying to tee it up for you right there. I know, but I just I didn't want to just immediately jump into. <laughs> It would have been a rant if I jumped in then. Now it's just going to be a, a subtle explanation of my thoughts. Um, Fair and, enough. You know, he was scrambling right a lot. You know, I know he can go left, he can go mm-hmm. right. They had some drawn-up plays where he would roll left, but it seems like naturally he just wanted to go right. And wanted to go right. Wanted to go right. Right-handed thrower, that's going to be your preference. It is natural, but it, it was like a very high percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to where it's like he's always he's he's rolling right. I remember like the Steelers saying a couple years ago to Baker after the game or a press conference about him. They're like, yeah, he always rolls right. He always rolls right. We know how to contain it. We know how to play behind that because he always rolls right. Like they just killed us in a game or something. It's like that's why. Mm-hmm. You have to break up that tendency because what we did in the second half is we started bringing an extra guy off the quarterback's right-hand side to the defensive left. We started bringing a guy from quarterback's right, hoping yeah. to not only you know flush him left, but it's going to contain him from going right. And I think that definitely helped. I think we got a couple sacks out of it. I think it really slowed down his mobility. But there's also a few times where he lost contain, which is irritating. Yeah, there was a couple times. I, you, I remember you uh, pointing out specifically of like when you're – trying to keep contain you want to keep staying on that outside shoulder outside keep outside shoulder. leverage yeah. and as you know as a defender when you're trying to rush you have that oh he's he's fighting outside he's not letting me get outside you want to get inside and as soon as you do that you just lost contain you gave the you gave the quarterback a lane to uh, escape through mm-hmm. and then suddenly everything went to shit yeah so i mean we, we talk about that you know your aiming point you if you're rushing your aiming point should be like the outside, I mean, in general, mm-hmm. your aiming point should probably be the outside shoulder, the outside hip of the quarterback, of the running back, um, especially in this situation because it's not a called run. It's a drop back. So you're aiming at his outside hip, and if anything, you want to force him to step up on the pocket or you want to force him to scramble left. The last thing you want is for him to get outside of your right. So there was one time... Rushed off the edge. It's good. Probably took an angle a little bit too far inside. Quarterback was able to scramble right, right outside of the guy that was supposed to be stopping him from scrambling right. So, yep. um, it happens. Would have would have been nice to see a little bit more containment in the first half. Natural containment without having to bring a blitzer. Mm-hmm. You know, just having a contained guy able to keep the quarterback in. But uh, it was an adjustment we were able to make in the second half, and I think it really helped. Their offense definitely was not as good in the second half, that's for sure. They weren't great at running against us. I think we did a pretty good job of running, so it was really just so scrambling and broken plays. Yeah, so and once we kind of took that away, it really hurt their offense, and I think the quarterback got really flustered towards the end of the game because of it. Yeah, their, their quarterback had... Uh... Let's see, we got this marked down here. It's 23 rushes, 95 yards gained, 53 lost. So he's, he had some scrambles in there, a little bit of called QB runs. Uh, the next and only other guy that recorded any rushing yards was uh, he had nine carries for 13 yards yeah. with nine lost. So not great. Yeah, so they couldn't you know, use the running back against us pretty much at all. Quarterback was, was the guy. He contained him a little bit, got him flustered a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, he got a couple hits in the backfield, and we're kind of taking away that scramble from him, like he was doing in the first half. And you know, it'll get to you. That um, ended up, you know, the defense shared up in the second half, and Tigers win the game. Yeah. A um, couple other things, just looking at that caught me as far as like stats go. You know, they we went eleven for twenty-one, uh, two interceptions, but three passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, we ended up with 78 rushing yards on the night with 30 attempts, 2.6 yards per carry. Not ideal, but... Uh, I would say like 90% of that was in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Um, like I think I said, you know, they had 77 plays, 416 yards of offense, 
Toir 51 for 283 end up about the same yards per play, which is pretty weird, like just thinking back in the game. Uh, and then there's just this one category that caught me so off guard as I'm rolling through this. Just miscellaneous yards. Okay. We have zero, and Fitch has negative 19. So that means somewhere in the stat keeping, they had minus 19 yards somewhere that I have absolutely no idea where that came from, and apparently neither does anybody over at MassonTigers.com. I, I, I just don't know what to make of that. They just lost 19 yards, huh? Yeah. I. Hey, the uh, federal government lost a trillion dollars. Couldn't find it. It's gone. Lost. Didn't go looking for it either. Maybe you shouldn't either. Okay. Not going to go looking for it then. Isn't that crazy? How do you just lose a trillion dollars and decide it's not worth an audit? Whatever. Continue. <laughs> uh, okay. Carrying on. Um, a couple of plays that just stood out in the game from my head. The Brawley made at least two incredible catches down the sideline. Mm-hmm. One was, I think it was just a go route. The other was the, he had a nice little double move to hitch and go that happened on the far sideline. And I don't think anybody expected him to, you know, come up, catch the ball with. Um, And then Banks is just, it, that was that, like you said, that toss it up, go make a play, kid. Yeah. He, you know, he wins in one-on-one situations and apparently even two-on-three situations. Yeah. So I think that's part of Slaughter's strong suit is some of the timed – you know, jump balls, fade routes, um, in rhythm throws like that. I think he does a really good job with placement. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did miss a few throws. Uh, yeah. We had a little early. Looked like um, he was still kind of you know a little bit of nerves yeah. still getting into it. So the long ball has been what we've seen a lot from him so far when he's been playing, and they're usually pretty good throws. He did have one that was pretty badly underthrown. Um, mm-hmm. I think early. Early like first second quarter, I don't know if that was one of the interceptions or not, but it was like really underthrown down well, the, down our sideline. That was the one that they ended up suplexing them the kid into the sideline. On I, the thought, I thought there was another one. Yeah, I thought there was another one early that mm. was like pretty bad, or maybe that was just the one that got intercepted. Yeah, that was one right so, in front of us. And yep. Anyway, um, carry on. Yeah, he missed a couple. There was the one or two, well, two potential touchdown throws that he missed. Mm-hmm. Early, um, I'm gonna call it. You know, without seeing a replay, like a little Y pop. Oh, that. <clears throat> yeah, we're on, actually, like, we're on like the five yard line or something. I ten yard line. Wanted to talk about that. It looked like I can't tell if it was an actual RPO or like just hard, heavy play action. Mm-hmm. But come out in our double fullback set, which we pretty much almost exclusively run out of, and then they do the little run action, whether it was a called run or not. But we had Campbell lined up as the out the second like outside fullback. And he made it look like he was just kind of arching up to go take on a linebacker and said, nope. Just kept going. Yep, went right over him. And that was the... Nice little 10, 15-yard little just drop-off pass to a wide-open guy. Overthrows him. Mm -hmm. I got the back of the end zone, I think. You know, just overthrows him in general. And he was wide open. Um, That happens. A little bit more touch. Um, The defense... I. I don't know if Trox like put a little star smiley face circled that play or whatever because the defense bit on that hard. Um, then later in the game, <clears throat> we came right back to it, line him up, you know, as the second fullback, just sent him out on a little flat route, and that was his touchdown. I can't remember. Did he score one or two? Whatever. That was his touchdown mm-hmm. down there. Exact same play, just sent him out on a little different yeah. route, make present little different presentation for the defense. 
they still bid on it again. Um, and that's just something I think we talked about before, like utilizing your personnel, finding out what they can do. Campbell, oh, big body. We, you know, we think we like trying to use him as a blocker. Well, he can run pretty good routes, catch catch a football or two. So mm-hmm. let's uh, utilize that. You know, have a nice little dual threat there, and that's just something else teams have to prepare for. Yep, there was another one early on. Um, I don't remember if it was like a wheel, fake screen, um, just a trail. Down the sideline, you know, there wasn't anybody within 20 yards of him, and mm-hmm. we just completely overthrew him on that. Was that real early in the game? Yes. Okay, that was on, I think that was like a little... Going away from us, yeah. opposite sideline. I think that was a little spot concept, uh, just a wide fade that the mm-hmm. receiver ran. And I think he tried to go back to it later in the same, in the game, too. And, you know, <clears throat> same route, same throw, just a little bit too far. But kid's 14, so, mm-hmm. you know, he'll, he'll get better at it. He's got time. Yeah, with that still made, you know, plenty of good throws. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to love – he's got a good deep ball. There was a few times where it might get underthrown just a little bit, but – you know, I love when you get down, you know, like inside the 30. I think his ball placement is really well. You see some of those jump balls. The one he threw up to Banks on the opposite sideline mm-hmm. was kind of a, even though it was up in the air, it was still kind of placed outside of the defender. Made it a lot easier for him to go up and a much more uncontested catch at yeah. that point. What was it you said? Just catch it, throw it to the back pylon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this one wasn't exactly like that. I think this one was actually more to the person. It was a little bit further away. Ah. I think he put it more on the outside of the receiver. Um, still kind of like a jump ball situation, but on the outside. Uh, great throw. Great catch going up and getting it. Uh, <clears throat> there was one where Brawley ran the crossing route. And yeah. ended up like running over their best player. Um, and, that you know, good throw. Hit him in stride, crossing, crossing the field. Uh, lefty quarterback throwing to like the right hash on a crosser, left right. Mm. Uh, it makes some good throws, absolutely. And then there's just a few that got away from him. Uh, I think there was the one double post that I probably ended up going in and out of his hands. Uh, was where, that the one where he like threw it to the other post that was somehow right there? It's where both posts were at the exact same spot at the exact same time. Yep. And there was a safety right underneath of it. Yep. I mean, that probably should have been an intercepted pass. It was... A little underthrown, it kind of fluttered up there. There was a safety standing underneath of it, like a punt. He misjudged it. Brawley went up, you know, made contact with it, couldn't come down with it. Eh. But you had both receivers right there at the exact same time, which you don't really like to see. Um, it, it happens when you when you yeah. have double posts. I mean, um, like you st- <laughs> I'd like to see the replay of that because I want to know if it was cover three or not. If it was cover three, I want to know why they didn't run skinnier posts. Because mm-hmm. they both ran pretty fat across the middle yeah. posts and ended up in the same spot. And if it's cover three, why would you run that right at this? Uh, I don't it, know. It probably wasn't. But it, you know, it, I, it, I don't know. The basic coaching point I've always heard for running double posts is don't go inside the hash. Like Regardless of how fat or skinny you need to keep the initial yeah. post itself, don't cross the hash. Yeah, we had, the, we had another touchdown later in the game. Um where our player had to go up and moss his own teammate to catch it. Yeah. Um, it was a younger player on the inside. He was probably a little out of position at that point, so they ended up in the same spot. But That that came on, it looked like, it, I think it was four verts, mm-hmm. and your kind of basic placement of where you want all the receivers. You want the outside guys on somewhere on the numbers and the inside guys somewhere near the hash. 
Yeah. But we're on the right hash, so he's kind of like initially lined up on the numbers. I can understand him just kind of running straight down the field rather than getting closer to his landmark. Especially if especially if you kind of got rerouted outside a little yeah. bit more, or if there was a defender inside of you, like head on with you, you're going to go outside mm-hmm. of him a little bit more. And the whole, you know, everything combined forced him out further than where he should be, but definitely a coaching point of you don't want to have him in the same spot. So Correct. Just another another situation. You, you got a lot of young players out there. It's a young team. You're going to see stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even in the NFL, this shit happens all the time. Yeah. Like, that was the one thing I sent you guys on Twitter. They, the Jets had three, three receivers in, exact, in a conga line. Yeah. Not exactly what you want to see out of, a, you know, your receivers downfield. Um, beyond that, I mean, I don't really have much else to talk about from the game. Yeah, so I just had like two other points mm-hmm. real quick. Um, I think on defense, uh, so we had Kirksey playing some nose tackle for us. Oh, yeah. I think bad. he had a pretty good game. Um, I don't think he was, at least I didn't notice him out there like full time. Uh, I think it was kind of spotty, but it seemed like he was making some good plays when he was out there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also you got the freshman, Big Mike. He was playing some nose tackle as well. I thought he had a good game as well. I think those are just kind of two players that stood out. Um both lining up at nose tackle, I believe, and uh, making some good plays. They're, you know, they're not your big run-stopping nose tackle. They're kind of smaller, quicker, but really, you know, they're both really strong mm-hmm. players. Um, so, and when you, you got the speed, and you know, just yeah. they're strong enough, absolutely strong enough to deal with offensive linemen, but they also have some speed and some leverage to them. So, um, I think they made some really good plays. That was worth talking about. And when you're playing a team that pretty much entirely abandoned the run game like mm-hmm. Fitch did, yeah. you might as well get your best pass rushers on the in, lined up on the inside like that. You know, as a center guard, you're not used to facing – you're used to facing, like, you know, big 250, 260, even 300-pound kids. They're not out there for the pass rush. They're yep. out there to clog up the A-gap and just get, be 110% in the way. And suddenly you got a little 24 lined up in the A-gap as a nose guard. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I, I have to like actually do it. You know, defend a pass, a real honest to god pass rush. Now, uh, sorry, QB, it's gonna be rough. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they were pretty disruptive. Had pretty good games. Uh, mm-hmm. It's worth mentioning. So, uh, my last point for the game in general. Let me go through my notes real quick. Make sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, good enough at least. Uh, I wanted to talk about the crowd. I, I think I expected maybe more people to be there. Uh, I know we specifically sat in a less dense area of the stands. Yeah. So, obviously, we're not going to be, you know, in the thick of everyone. But I think I just expected there to be a little bit more fans than there were. And, uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit more crowd participation. It seemed like, you know, the, oh, you cheer, you stand up and high five after a touchdown. But it never felt like the crowd was in the game. You know, like a big mm-hmm. moment, crowd gets them up third down. Especially away games, you kind of expect everyone to kind of be up and yeah. in it. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe it's just because we're sitting in a slightly less dense area. But I don't know, I thought there would be more people there. I know it's an hour and ten drive, but I feel like the last two or three years, mm-hmm. there would have been more people there. Oh, Absolutely. And like, they would have been more into it. So I'm just hoping that the fans can uh, show back up, show support, and get into it a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I mean, like we talked about, we were world beaters. And 
that it was fun for a while, and it, that gets more butts in the seats. That gets more fans to show up and participate more. And you, it used to be you'd go to an away game and just take over the stadium. Mm-hmm. And now, at least this season, it seems like we go to these away games, and it's like even the home games, it's like where's the crowd at? Yeah. If we're just kind of sitting there like, yeah, go, okay. Like, yeah, it's kind of going through the motions as mm-hmm. fans. It's traditional. You show up, you cheer when the band does Tiger Rag. You know, you high five after touchdowns. You you yell once or twice a game when the ref makes a bad call. But just not a whole lot of you know the fans as a whole in the game. A lot of a lot of, a lot of individuals out there. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully that gets better. You know, maybe a big win over Fitch, who was a really good team. I hope people understand. Yeah, that, that, I, was, that was a I very, was pretty impressed. Very good Fitch. You know, team. going into it, we mentioned how. This was probably one of their better teams. They had some athletes. They had a pretty big line. Like you know, it, it's going to be a pretty good ball game. Uh, I was more impressed actually seeing them. I think so. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty good team, and you know, I hope that is something that we can all get behind. You know, players can get a little bit more confidence in themselves. Uh, the fans can get more support for the team, and hopefully, everybody can get out there. Yeah. Um, well, we can start. Doing that this Friday against a, would you say, deceivingly good 0-6 Euclid team? I wish I knew more about them. Um, I I can't get a great read on them. I haven't seen, like, any film, really. But I looked at box scores, you know, kind of looked at, like, how the games went type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure. They are 0-6. They haven't played the toughest schedule in the world. So I, I can just rattle them off yeah, real go quick for, for you. So as of now, they lost first game. They lost twenty-one to sixty-three to a six and O Aurora. Next week, uh, they lost thirty-four to forty to a six and O Hudson. After that, a they lost forty-six or I'm sorry, fourteen forty-six to a five and one Cleveland Heights. Uh, fourteen to forty-four to a three and two Iggy. 18 to 38 to a 4 and 2 Brunswick and Goose Egg to 40 to a 6 and 0 Medina. Yeah, so I mean there's a couple good teams in there. You know, obviously you got Iggy, they're good. Um Medina's really good. Uh, I, I know Medina's uh I know that's Menner that lost their quarterback. Medina's might put the beat down on Menner this week because Menner lost their <laughs> top couple quarterbacks. Medina has a really good quarterback if you didn't know. Is he coming into like Penn State or something or uh, Purdue or um, tell me confidently I'll say yes. Point, Medina has one of if not the best quarterbacks in the state, so they've been pretty good for the last couple of years. And this is a senior year, so you know they're six and zero. They're doing really good, and mm-hmm. they have a. I think they're supposed to play on ESPN this week against Menor. Oh yeah, that Medina is versus Menor on yep. ESPN. That actually makes a lot more sense now. I forgot that their quarterback was a dude when that game was announced. Yeah, so Menor has a five-star defensive end, mm-hmm. and then Medina has the best quarterback in Ohio. Right. Or one of them, at least. Um, there might be some other highly recruited ones I'm not aware of. but I'm sure there's one um, or two sprinkled in there somewhere. Yeah, but Medina's got you know pretty good quarterback. So yeah. that's been the big part of their success. But um, Yeah, so it's kind of tough to get a read on them. They got athletes. They got size. I mean, they look pretty good when you look up their rosters, but, um, you know, they're 0-6. So where's the deception there? Is it the players? Is it the coaching? 
Is it that the teams they've been playing actually are that good? Do they have some injuries? You know what's going on? Right, and because it's not like they just had some you know shitty luck or anything. Because all these scores, it's a pretty good beatdown. The only game that was you know within one possession was the Hudson game, forty mm-hmm. to thirty, yeah, forty to thirty-four. So, like you said, it's where is the disconnect? Because I'll let you roll through the uh, the roster, but oh boy, they look like a good team um look at the i guess the offensive side of the ball first it the picture they showed at booster club at least um was they just like to come out in a basic you know four wide spread set so nothing too different it's not some pick central where they're coming out in the single wing or anything mm-hmm. it's not it's nothing we haven't seen before yeah so uh looking at this roster here you showed me the uh, they they got some size, all right. So their offensive line goes six two two seventy five, six three three thirty, six one two thirty at center, six one two seventy five, six two two sixty. So I mean, it's a pretty big line, very very solid for high school. Mm. Um, comparable to pretty much anyone we played. Pick picks and Eds might have been slightly bigger, but yeah. comparable at least. Uh, they got a tight end slash fullback. He's six foot two twenty. Pretty good sized. Um, let me see here. Uh, running back, pretty good running back. Supposedly five nine one eighty five. Receivers they have athletes, right? So that's mm-hmm. you know they're going four wide because they have them, uh, and they got pretty good size too. Six three one eighty six two one eighty five five nine one eighty five eight one seventy. Um, you know, but they got some quick kids, some home run hitting kids. Uh, one of them has multiple Big Ten offers. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess that's is that Kentucky. So Kentucky, Minnesota, Wisconsin. So SEC too. SEC. How about that? There you go. Yeah. Almost. Uh, so you know, obviously, you know, you got Big Ten offers as an athlete, as a receiver, as a skill player. Like that's hmm. that's big time. That's something you got to look for for sure. Um, but they got some good some good athletes out there. Quarterback six three one ninety. You know. Everything we've seen is, you know, he can make the throws. Yeah. He can make the throws. He can run a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that comes together on the field. I mean, and it's not like that's the first quarterback we've seen this year that seems to be an athlete that can throw because, you know, Warren's quarterback was schlanging it and Fitch's quarterback also schlanging it. I can't remember the last time we've gone through like a, a season of playing multiple really good high school quarterbacks like this. Yeah, I mean that's a good question. Uh, I mean our defense has been so good mm-hmm. for so long now. You know, no team's quarterback has looked great. Um, and plus, just the nature of high school football, your passing game is going to be inconsistent because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is a bunch of kids out there running. You know, running everything, and so high school just the nature of the game teams tend to be more run first run centric kind of if they're not just lining up in the wing tee or whatever going more of the spread yeah. stuff but to run the football yeah i mean it's a good question i think back of like when we had we faced multiple you know pretty good quarterbacks um yeah i'm not sure i mean our defense looks I, the thing is now that you bring it up like i think it's all right, yeah, you know, it's worth noting, but it's not something I probably would have thought of. Uh, we've been playing a lot of good mm-hmm. quarterbacks this year. You know, it didn't really cross yeah. my mind. But, yeah, there have been some quarterbacks throwing it around. So, 
Um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, and it's not like it was just bad defense making them look good. Like, they were out there. Mm-hmm. Both of those quarterbacks have been making ridiculous throws, especially uh, the Warren quarterback. Man, he was just out there slanging it left and right. Yeah, I think Fitch's quarterback, as he was a good thrower, I think a lot of it was broken play slash scramble drill, yeah. extending the play. So um, you still have to make the throws, mm-hmm. and he did early on. Um, wasn't as consistent in the second half, that's for sure. Missed a couple of throws kind of badly. Yeah. Um, you could tell that you know, he just wasn't. Starting to get rattled a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it wasn't the same as how he was in the first half. So, And I think it, our – our defense and the coordinator started to get kind of zoned in on him a little more. Like you said, mm-hmm. we started blitzing him more, not letting him do what he liked to do. Uh, and I forgot to mention it, but even that line, the outside linebacker up like a corner pressed in the receiver's face and just bringing him on a corner blitz on, what was it, 4th and 12. Quarterback didn't even see him. Yeah, we all saw him. Yeah, we did. Like, we all saw him. He, he's looking a little – that's a pretty good inside leverage there for – Outside linebacker. I mean, mm-hmm. he's still pressing his face, and he's gone. Yeah. And quarterback's not even looking that way, and he's dead. Yeah, it's like the perspective of a quarterback on the field, what he can see compared to what we can see up in the stands. But, mm-hmm. you know, from the top of the stands, it's like, I think he's blitzing. <laughs> it looks like he's blitzing. He's kind of jittery. He's jumping inside the receiver a lot more than he would if he wasn't. Yeah, he's blitzing. Yeah. There he goes. Okay. And if, but from the field, it's yeah. much harder to read. To the quarterback, he looks out. He's, okay, I got, let's see. I, it looked like he wanted to go to him. Like, just throw up the jump ball to your best receiver. And he's like, oh, I got guy pressing his face. <laughs> it's like the corner playing yeah. over top. I'm just going to look the other way. Yeah. And didn't even see the blitz. He's just drop, drop, drop. Mm-hmm. Let's get through one, two. Oh, God. Yeah. The exact conversation we had was, <laughs> well, that guy's double teamed. I'm just going to look left the entire time. Blitz comes from his blind spot, the right, and whap. No idea. And the best part about those blitzes, too, is the tackle never sees it either. Oh, it's too far out for him. Exactly. He's like, yeah, he's like not my job. Yeah. Quarterback's got to pick up the plus one. Damn right. That's an unblocked guy. He's unblocked. He's coming from the receiver. Yeah. He's unblocked. Sorry, guy. And that's uh, that's what happened. Great yeah. play. Yeah. Um, I guess getting back to Euclid, their, their defense a little bit different it you know I, I told you and i thoroughly enjoyed your what the hell did you just say to me reaction the the cover three or i'm sorry the three three stack cover zero base defense might be why they're and six it, it could be it but like on paper i mean i'll still die on my hill of i'm running a cover zero base defense at some cornfield nothing going school because yeah I'm, if you get hired to be a coach at a school Two weeks before the season starts, we are running cover zero yep. <laughs> and forcing teams to have to deal with it. Um, I, and, no, I'm talking a school where I have to go like beg the tennis players to play football. Yeah, like I, I'm filling out a roster's not looking great. Yeah, I mean we had we had that conversation the other day as well. Um, if you're gonna base out of cover zero, we talked about the schools where I'm sure there's some small schools out there that don't really scout or game plan week to week specifically maybe they just... not necessarily even practice much. <laughs> so you know the teams that don't game plan specifically to you and then you show up and cover zero mm-hmm. it might mess with them a lot <laughs> might be pretty tough to beat so you know there's a there's a time and place for it and 
you know, I have no issue with teams sprinkling it in. It's when you base out of it, it's kind of tough. You give a team a full week to prepare on how to beat press coverage, man coverage, a lot of motions, um, uh, get receivers stacked together, get mm-hmm. receivers motioning back and forth across from each other. Um, you have man beaters, rub routes. There's just so much stuff. Five years ago, it would have been much tougher than it is now, I'd say, because there's just so much more out there and how to beat it. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. You pick up on some of these things, and it's like, how do you run man? Are you just locked on? If, if people motion, are you then switching? Are you going to match? Are you going to bump it? So you guys, you know, if the number one receiver motions inside and becomes the number two. Do the defenders stay the same one and two, or are they locked on the man no matter where he goes? And there's a way to beat both of those. Yep. So, you, need, like, you know, which one are they doing? Because we can beat either one. Um, it's just interesting seeing stuff like that happen. It just happened in the Packers game on Monday night? Sunday night? Sunday. 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 Um, Sunday night, Packers had that situation down the goal line. Uh, they had man defense. They motioned Devontae Adams in underneath two other guys so mm-hmm. is it trips trips left they motion him underneath the two other guys the defense bumps so now the outside guy is guarding the number two receiver and then Devonte adams runs right back out a flat route right back where he came from and yep. they're expecting the third defender inside to guard that he can't do it there's no way he can get out there i think like alabama did that against ohio state last year they're motioning Devonte smith all over the place oh they made ohio state's basic ass cover three look stupid yeah motion him all over the place ends up getting manned on there was a team last year that scored like three touchdowns in a row three or four i think it was, was it the packers again? it was packers with Devonte Adams just motioning him back and forth because and the defenses stuff. could not you know the defenses can't it's like we're bumping and now we're not yeah now we're going to stay locked on. It's like, all right, well, if you're going to stay locked on, we're going to motion him all the way across. And now your defender has to run all the way across the field, filter through his linebackers, filter through the mesh that's going to happen on the other side of the field and guard him. It's impossible. So that's why teams bump. And I was like, well, if you're going to bump, we're going to, and you know, it's just back and forth, cat and mm. mouse. But there's just so many different ways to beat it. It's hard to base out of it. You have to have some really, really good players, really well-coached players. Um, they have to be able to win one-on-one. As a defender, you have to be able to win one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, and then you also, you know, it's, it's just so tough. Because you get beat once, it's a touchdown. That's mm-hmm. the issue with cover zero. You only have to get beat once. Yep. One tiny play is a touchdown every time you get beat. So you have to be really good to play it. The uh, other side of that coin, though, is the rush only has to get there once. You know, you, you're always going to have that plus one mm-hmm. extra rusher coming in. And with... Defense, yeah, but that, I mean that's a five-yard sack compared to a seventy-yard touchdown. Yeah, but how many teams, you know, how many successful drives do you see after a five-yard sack? Well, whatever the, that yard. Well, is. if the next one's a one-on-one slant, where the corner misses the tackle, it's a touchdown. And then we're just going to go back to the entire conversation. Well, don't play cover zero. <laughs> Drop <laughs> a guy. Kind of where we're yeah. getting at here. Yeah. You know, you can have a lot of success with press coverage, man mm-hmm. coverage. Um, but usually you, you want to have a safety behind it if, yeah. you're, if you're probably going to base out of it. I know we played Wynn Woods a couple years ago. Was it? I think the first time we played him. The first time we played him. They just they got up, they pressed us, made it tough. You know that pre- that whole press jam covers zero. Press stuff jam. Was... It's if you're not used to it, mm. it's really tough to get a receiver to learn how to get off of a jam 
um, and be able to beat a corner that's pressed on them. Your routes are going to be a little bit different. Uh, besides just learning how to get off of a jam, you, you might think it's a simple concept, but there's a guy stand up, standing right in front of you, face mask to face mask, and as soon as the play starts, he's just going to punch you in the chest, and you have to learn how to get off of that. And it's not an easy concept for guys that don't have to do it very often or if they're not practicing it a lot. So You know, you've been playing a cover three corner who's playing 12 yards off yeah. for your entire season, and suddenly you have a guy up in your face punching you in the chest mm-hmm. as soon as the ball snapped. A little bit different. Yeah, you got to learn how to release, and that's just a whole other aspect. It throws off the timing as well because it's going to make your route a little bit slower if you don't get a clean release. Mm-hmm. So It's almost like if you don't get a clean release, the quarterback's looking elsewhere. Yep. Because it's like, I got to get through my progression. I can't just stare at you to see what's going to happen after you got jammed. So it definitely throws a wrinkle on things. And, uh, you know, you can beat a lot of teams that aren't used to going against it. But at the same time, you only have to get beat once. You know, you can succeed 95%, 90% of the plays, and you give up five big home run touchdowns, and that's the game. So it's tough both ways. I'm still firmly on the hill of – I. Some cornfield school. I'm basing out of mm-hmm. cover zero. Yeah, I mean, because you have to have make a you have to have a receiver that can get open. You have to have a quarterback that can make the throws, mm-hmm. and you have to have a line that can hold up long enough to do it. Um, and if you're dealing with some smaller schools, or you know, conceptually, the lower you go, the better this gets. Yes, absolutely. So you know, in you started the pros, and it's like ah, not great. Way too many mm-hmm. ways to beat it college it's like ah you know your big time schools are going to beat it maybe smaller schools might have a tough time with it high school your bigger time yeah teams are smaller ones are going to struggle middle school that's going to be rough (laughs) it's going to be tough for a middle school to beat you know a loaded a loaded box with press coverage midget league i mean that's not even fair come on (laughs) rushing eight and just punching a kid in his chest (laughs) well it's gonna be another kid punching him but you know (laughs) it's you know just one-on-one so the lower you get, the better it is for a defense. But the more advanced you get, the more talented you get, mm. the, the more tools in the toolbox. Harder it is for the defense to keep it up. So um, that's that's the whole concept of yeah, you know, small small school basing out of it. Absolutely, it it would be fun also, but <laughs> just draw up like all you need is like 20 different blitzes so they never know where the extra different oh. extra rushers oh yeah you know Only just 20. install just 20 different 20. plays on your defense that's pretty much just every take away, play uh, is predicated take away all the practice time on coverage and just go straight into oh play. no no i have no linebackers in coverage at all i have four dbs out there yeah less if you want to go heavy <laughs> um it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. how they play us and how we play it because i don't know how many times we've gone against that in the past. I know like when Woods, it wasn't a true zero though. I think they played some one. I think they played cover one against us. I think they, they might've played some they two. They like to drop back into a quarters look that was looked like cover zero to start with and kind of try and trap you into making a mm-hmm. bad throw or two. Yeah, but they're also up jamming guys oh, absolutely. as well. So, I mean, I don't, they may have went cover zero a few times that they weren't basing out of it. I, I think the majority of the time they always had a safety over top. So, um, it's not something you see very often. Mm-mm. So just from a fan's perspective, from someone that kind of enjoys some X's and O's, seeing different things going on, like it, it's a fun thing to look at. So um, if they do base out of it, as if you are one of these people that enjoys this kind of stuff, the cat and mouse games of football, I would try to look to see what we're doing against it. Are we moving people? Are we stacking people? Are we bunching? 
Um, when you get people closer together, it's harder to defend both of them because they could go opposite ways, and now it's just a cluster. You run mm-hmm. into your own player type of thing. So a lot of times that stuff is – that's what you would see. Bunches, stacks, motions. Yes, lots of A motion. lot of moving parts. It's hard to jam somebody if he's in motion. So I would look for how we're playing it, and then you know look to see how they're doing it. Are they switching defenders if the receivers cross each other? Are they staying locked on? Just some uh, fun back and forth cat and mouse stuff to look at to see uh, see what they're doing, see what we're doing. If they do in fact come out and base out of a cover zero, and how our run game looks against it too. Yeah. You know, um, it it seems kind of counterintuitive at first, but a lot of times you want to run into the teeth of a blitz. Because if your line, if all the blockers can pick it up, you know you're. It, you and, don't and, really have that second level defender. Exactly. You don't have some, you don't have somebody reading the play and scraping over top. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to hit one seam. Yep. You hit one seam and you're gone, kind of thing. So and it's you know you have these rules and run plays. It's it's a conceptual thing. It's you're not going for oh I'm you know blocking up to the Mike linebacker or yeah, I'm blocking back on the three tech. It's I'm blocking this area that it can change post-snap. That post-snap mm-hmm. picture can change pretty quick against... A zone concept, right? <laughs> not More necessarily zone. No, not no, just zone. That, you know, is that how it all is nowadays? Or? I mean, you're, you're like you're blocking up to linebacker number one or... Oh, st- oh that, I, I, that I kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And the specific player standing there at the beginning of the cadence to where he ends up by the time the ball snapped and yeah. the plays in motion, that player could change, especially against a 3-3 stack team, which I, they're I all known for, you know, I get what you're stuff. saying. Yeah, like, like you're pulling to first, yeah, first inside person you see. Yes, like it, you're kicking out. Mm, you're kicking out the end man on line. End man, whoever not, it ends. Yeah. Like, okay. It's not it, locked onto a specific person. I get what you're saying. Correct. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So against moving parts, as mm-hmm. long as you have a team that can understand yeah. that concept, and that's where, the, you know, the, your rules and run plays in any play mm-hmm. really has to be not it has to be amorphous enough that it can pick up all these different, you know, whatever defense can throw at you, it has yep. to be still good for it. And but they're still going to have that plus one coming somewhere. And then it, and the goal is you make that the yeah. furthest or yes. hardest person to get to the point. Correct. You know, if they like bringing, say, the left side outside linebacker a bunch or the an extra what would be a walk down safety to the fullback side, figure out how to run away from him mm-hmm. or how to add an extra gap there to where he can't get to where he needs to be. Because a lot of times it's, oh, we can leave this guy just unblocked because it's high school and he's not going to get there yeah. in time. I want to see how that, how that goes. Because I know there's... I know we've been prone to it in the past, and you know a lot of times it's you know good play, mm-hmm. um, kind of that backside guy that comes yeah, un untouched. I know, and, and you're hoping that it hits quick enough, or that he doesn't read it quick enough. Uh, but it seems like there's been a few times, you know, not a lot, but there's been a few times over the years, you know, so a large sample yes. size to talk about a few couple plays, but uh, a couple times where you just see somebody coming off the opposite side and making the play. And, like, that's one of the things that just kind of irritates you because that's a guy, you know. Like, mm-hmm. something went wrong here. Or, like, you know, just great play. You ran off the opposite edge and ended up chasing it down. But I want to see that because I like to see, um, especially against a team like this, try to eliminate that. Try to eliminate the unblocked guy making the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see us. I know we're a young team. But, and I also don't know how much we do it or don't do it. But I'd love to see going on two. Going on three, 
hard counts maybe something getting those guys to yeah not get as much of a jump on you so um i don't know we might go into <laughs> we might mix it up more than anyone i just can't mm. tell from the stands if we are or not but uh that would be something i would try to look for more and i know it's kind of risky in high school changing mm. up your counts but man, when that defensive line starts getting a good read mm-hmm. on the quarterback's cadence, it's rough. And, and not even the on one or the on two, but as the quarterback, they generally tend to have the same kind of ready. Well, it's it. It's yeah. going to be that the timing same is rhythm very repetitive every yeah. time. And when a defensive line or a you know linebackers blitz and whatever what have you start getting a good read on it and get get, get a good jump on it. It's on the quarterback to he needs to start changing up that you know ready wait wait set and that can mess with your linemen though too because they also get used to that cadence yeah um so I think that's mixing up the cadence would be good if you can do it a lot you know if you can mix it up so like where you don't have the tendency so your guys don't get used to it like that would be really beneficial um I like going on to but when you go on to and one of your guys jumps it's just the worst feeling in the oh, world God. It is the worst. It's just the worst. It's third and five. You're trying to get the other team to jump. You jump. Now it's third and ten. You know, it it backfires very quickly. Um, I understand that. You know, you hope to have a disciplined enough team that can that can do it. Um, that's what I love about, you know, college NFL teams where they do the, you know, they smack their hands. Mm-hmm. And there's no, s- there's no timing to the cadence. You can easily fake clapping your hands. And if anybody's looking at you, you know, if the linebacker's looking at you to smack your hands, they're timing it up, you just fake clap. Yep. Your offensive line doesn't jump because they don't see you, you know. So um, Jalen Hurts did a really good job of it the other night. Mm-hmm. He was um, changing up his cadence. And then he was also hard, you know, it, it's a silent. <laughs> kind of hard to, you know when you're clapping your hands it's kind of yeah. hard to hard count a fake but he was doing a lot of fakes mm-hmm. uh, making it look very realistic and then stopping so the defense had to show their hand of what they were doing it was hard to rotate royal eight um, but it was also keeping them off guard of they they can't jump the count so it's really effective when you can use it correctly but man it sucks when it backfires yep um, but I am going to take this opportunity to talk about. I told you it before, but the uh, the defense can start messing with it. I think for a little bit there, you saw defenders actually like clapping to try and get the offense to jump off sides, which you're not allowed to do for yeah. some reason. I hate that rule. I think they. I I, I well, want I'm, all eleven players to be up there clapping. I'm sure you used to be able to clap mm-hmm. before teams started clapping as their as their kid. So. You know, like a, a defender cannot go up there and say hike. They can't say hut, 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 hike. Like, yeah. Um, it, it makes the game better. Logically, it doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. but it makes the game better. That's that that's but, that Bush League stuff you were talking about that I love to see in mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, you just got a three-tech up there screaming hike in the guard's <laughs> face. Yep. And he's just like, ah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Whereas... So the legal way of doing this is when the fans get really super loud and mm-hmm. the te- the offense cannot hear the snap count. We've talked about this a million times. Um, the Colts are really good at it. The Broncos are really good at it. The Seahawks are really good at it. Over the, I mean, over time. Yeah. Back when Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis were in Indianapolis, they were amazing at it. Von Miller in Denver, they're really good at it. Seattle's really good at it. You get so loud because. If you think about it, the offensive line is going off of the quarterback's snap count. They're listening to him. 
They're listening to the quarterback say, Blue 42, Blue 42, set Hut. And when they hear Hut the first time, the second, you know, mm-hmm. if it's on one, they hear it the first time, they go. The defense is looking at the ball and theoretically should not be listening to the quarterback whatsoever. And like you said, you can kind of start picking yeah. up on tendencies and you get a good jump. But you know, you're probably still going to teach the kids that, you know, watch the ball. You hear fans scream that all the time. Watch the ball. Don't listen to the quarterback because they're going to try to drive you outside. Defenders are looking at the ball. When that ball moves, they're going. If that left tackle cannot hear the quarterback very well, his he's not going to move until he sees the defender move. And the defender now has a step on him. So if you're loud enough, the offensive players can't hear the snap count and it gives your defenders an extra step. They're going to be one step quicker than the offense. And one more reason to get really loud in certain situations, we say it a million times, East St. Louis, they were complaining that they couldn't hear their quarterback, and because of it, they were getting beat, they're having a hard time getting their blocks, the timing's all messed up. Get loud, all game, but get loud on big situations, especially when we're on defense. If we're on offense, you know, you might not want to be... Yeah, don't be as loud. Don't be as loud. Yes, um, correct. It's like the old... Another know, thing that... Peyton you know, Manning the Peyton would get Manning thing, yeah. fans. Like, the, Col- the Colts fans did not make a noise when the Colts were on offense. You could hear a pin drop in that stadium. Yeah, it was so quiet. And, you know, when you're making audibles at the line and it's very vocal communication, it makes a lot more difference. Mm-hmm. You know, if we do like a check with me, you're doing hand signs and stuff, so you don't really need to hear quite as well i'm sure the linemen are still probably communicating oh yeah there's always there's calls are going commu- up and yeah. down the entire line so you mean you got calls going back and forth but it's not as much as the quarterback trying to scream out to the receivers a new play call and stuff so that's why a lot of teams want to hand calls because mm-hmm. you just can't hear the vocal ones but um you know get get loud on defense do it all game especially on third downs there it, is it makes a difference there is a time and a place to get loud though specifically like when they, the other team, the ball's just been placed. They're not even, like, huddled up yet or looking to get the next play in. Play clock's still at 25. Hasn't even started ticking yet. Don't cheer yourself out. Oh, yeah. It's That's the, always it's the, the worst thing. thing. Just to watch us, like, everybody's you up. You got a defense, huge – you defense. got the whole crowd going, and then, yeah, it mutters it's, out. It, it putters out, and then you watch Before the team even breaks the huddle. It's yep. like, oh. You got to do it at the right time. Yeah. You want to be loud – as they're lined up. Yes. That's when you want them to be loud. It just it makes everything more difficult for them. So do that. Yep. A couple of things, though, with East St. Louis, that was to go back around to the, how you handle the unblocked guy. We left their backside DN whenever they lined up in the fourth three. Whenever they had more guys in the box than we could block, mm-hmm. we left their uh, backside end unblocked because it's high school. He's just not making the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it was that same year when we played Winton Woods a second time. Watching that game was like a master class on, okay, how are we going to run the ball against this quasi-cover zero it, it, of like where are we going to put the extra hat at and whatnot. So go back and watch those. It's all on YouTube. Fun times. Yeah. That's all I got. I like the uh, when you have the over-aggressive unblocked guy, mm-hmm. and then you just you read it. Read it and pull it. Yep. Gets them every time. You got the guy. You know, you have that unblocked guy that has chased down the run three times. 
And then you just fake the handoff, and you just run right outside of him. Just, like, ah, just hit him with the old naked boot or oh, whatever else. Like, bootyful. Yeah. Bootyful. Now, now you slow him down. You mm-hmm. know? It's like, ah, well, am I going to keep taking my angle down the line to go chase it down? Or am I going to you know, attack the mesh? Am I going to stay back for the quarterback? Got to slow play it a little yeah, more. slow see, play it a little bit more. And going and you, get, you, know, you get him a step behind, and maybe he's not making that play anymore. It's beautiful. So... Um, that's really all I got. We can take a short break for Doring Vision Center and then uh, get back with the FW Runner and Sun Question of the Week and call it a night here, huh? Let's do it. All right. Hey, Tiger fans. I bet if you're anything like my partner, Hank, you probably need to go see an eye doctor. Yes, sir. And if you do, we have the place for you. The Doring Vision Center is a primary care optometry clinic located in downtown Maslin. They have a wide variety of eyeglass frames, everything from budget packages to designer brands. And if you're like me and prefer contacts over glasses because glasses are a hassle, they have uh, the technology to fit all types of lenses. They treat most conditions, and they also take emergency visits as well. At the Doring Vision Center, most insurances are accepted, and you even have a good chance of getting a same-day appointment. So come on down to see former Maslin Tiger, Dr. Ben Doring, at 35 Erie Street North, Suite 110, Maslin 44646. And that's right next to the Alibi Bar, for those of you who know the local watering holes. Or you can check them out on Facebook at the Doring Vision Center. That's D-O-E-R-I-N-G Vision Center. Or give them a call at 330-880-0035. Doring Vision Center, proud supporter of all things Maslin. All right, and uh, now that we're back, want to, uh, you know, we kind of let the cat out of the bag last week on accident. Um, Matt and I on here, so we're going to do a new little segment. And, of course, this is your last one, Hank, so yep. you'll be there. Uh, first person to do this <laughs> I'll, I'll try to you know i'll try to continue it if we have more guests on um mm. some other people on the show so we mentioned last week what the spread was that the bookies have yeah. for the maslin fitch game that did very much catch me off guard when you guys were just openly talking about that <laughs> so so we're just ever, gonna openly talk about yeah, all so as everyone knows Sports gambling and okay, obviously it's been going on forever, um, but it's becoming more and more normal. publicized, normal, legal in a lot of places except for Ohio. You know, Ohio was supposed to get it done before football season this year, like that was their goal. Yeah, basically they're saying it's coming. They just have to get it all worked out. But basically last year they said it's going to be legal before that was their goal mm. it's like they wanted to get the revenue from this football season and they missed it but missed you know, it by it, that much it'll end up being legal sooner than later in ohio um the point is <clears throat> you can find spreads for almost anything and you know we don't condone gambling at all and we actually i know hank you weren't even part of this but like we we are not sports gambling um but we know somebody that has some local spreads for local games, and then we just kind of make a little game out of it to see who can do best each week. Mm-hmm. So you haven't seen this list. You don't know what teams are on the list, but we are going to rapid fire. I got 12 games. 
Oh, boy. We're going to rapid fire. It's actually 13, but one of them's Maslin. I'm going to leave that one off. Fair enough. Um, So 12 games. I'm going to rapid fire them to you, and you got to just pick pick a cover. Okay. Pick a cover, this all is, right? This is going to be really fun. I told you this off air when you brought this up, but just for reference, I have no goddamn concept of any other football going on around mm-hmm. us or anything. Maslin, Ohio State, Cincy, and Cleveland is what I got for you. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it is tough. It was tough for me um, at the beginning, and you know, some of them are Fed schools, so you kind of get the idea. They play each other every week, so you kind of get mm-hmm. an understanding of which ones beat which ones, and you can kind of test, you know, get an idea of their skill level based off of that. But yeah, I mean, if you're not paying attention to other schools closely, it, it is going to be really tough. So, do you have the records there with them? No. Can you give me the record no. if I have? Wonderful. Get over it. Okay. Right, here we go. That's right. I mean, these are teams you're going to be fairly familiar with. You might not know them, like, personally this year, what they did last week, but y- yeah. you know them. All right. Here we go. Ignatius at Ed's. Ed's favored by 10. Ooh. That's it? Ed's favored by 10. I'm hammering Ed's minus 10. Ed's minus 10 against Ziggy. All right. Louisville at Green. Green minus 18. Oh, God. Um... Well, one school I'm vaguely aware of. The other one I don't think I've ever thought about. Besides it, eh, that school's a color. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wrong one. Green. So it's green minus 18? Correct. Ah, <sighs> Louisville, you know, bunch of scrappy little white boys. I like Louisville plus 18. I yeah. think they can, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. Yeah, so, I mean, the whole point is, I mean, obviously high school spreads are not going to be as accurate, but when you get up to, like, college NFL spreads, the spreads are usually, like, they're meant to be right down the middle. You can go yeah. either way. That's the whole point of a spread is that it's, you know, half the people pick one side, half the people pick the other side, so it kind of bounces out. Um, so, I, I do think that's an interesting one. I know you said you don't know any, you don't know anything about them. Louisville isn't, isn't great still this year. Uh, Green's actually been doing pretty well. That's why they're 18 points favorites, and they're at home, so that helps. Uh, Perry at Hoover. Hoover minus 16 and a half. Oh, wow. Um, what, what's Perry done without Wakefield over there this past year? Have they been anything? No. Uh, Hoover is. Hoover. Hoover's been doing pretty well. They shut out McKinley last week. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Hammer on Hoover. Perry at Hoover. Jackson, 21 point favorites at Glen Oak. Just 21? 21. I saw a Glen Oak team that couldn't get past our 50. I am slamming Jackson. Yeah, Jackson's been playing pretty well. They're undefeated, I believe. Like, you know, one of the Northeast Ohio top five teams or some, you know. They're mm-hmm. ranked pretty high. They're 6-0, I think. So, uh, Lake, minus 4.5 at McKinley. Really? Yep. McKinley's not that. I mean, they got, got shut, shut out, out last Hoover. week. Yeah. Uh, bounce back game for McKinley. You know, you just got you got goose egged by a uh, fed opponent. You yep. got to come back. You got to show something. I'm taking McKinley. Yep. Uh, skip that one. Uh, <laughs> all right, college, Cincinnati, two and a half point favorites at Notre Dame. What? Cincy minus two and a half against Notre Dame. Wow. At Notre Dame. At at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. What was the most surprising thing about that for you? There's a lot of wows. I want to know why. That since he's favored, period. They're like the sixth-ranked team in the country, Hank. Everybody sucks this year. (laughs) 
Listen, this is like 2009 again. They, none of the rankings make sense. Everybody sucks. That is true. Oklahoma barely beat Nebraska, who hasn't been shit since and they barely 1998. Won. They barely won the week before that, too. Yeah. And they're ranked, what, fourth? You're, I mean, you are right. There's not all... It's a lot up for grabs right now. Yes. Um, since he is undefeated, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure they're not six. I think they're like seven or eight, but they're not that good. They're not ranked that high if they're not undefeated, so yes. And Notre Dame almost lost to a Florida State team that I don't think has still won a game yet, or did they play a Sister Mary's of the Poor to get their first W in the Poor? I, I don't know. Since he two and a half in Notre Dame. Man. You know what? Let's, I'm pulling for Fickle, Ohio State boy. Let's go Cincy. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking, too. I, I bet against them, I think, when they went to Iowa State. They were like two-point favors at Iowa State or something, Yeah, and they covered was that pretty la- well. I was think that so. last year or this year? No, this year. Oh. What, Iowa State's been down this year, I think. Yeah. Um, Ohio, minus nine and a half at Akron. Mm, I don't... I no concept of what OU is as a team, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine they are worse than the product that Akron showed. So uh, let's go Athens. Yeah, I I need to look up what Ohio did last week. I think they played a bit. There's a couple of Mac schools that played like big time games last week. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Bowling Green won. Yeah, they beat um, uh, Bob uh, Minnesota, right? Minnesota, yeah. Yep. Bowling Green beat Minnesota. I think Ohio played a big team last last week. I want to look and see what they did. Akron, I think they actually looked good against Ohio. Like, <laughs> Akron, it was the first time I saw them this year. I think I saw them, oh, man, was it last year or two years ago when I watched the game? Mm-hmm. And it was one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I was convinced. If, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. I think they lose to, like, ten different high schools in Ohio. And I hate the argument of, like, different levels playing each other. You know, everybody says, like, oh, Alabama would beat an NFL team. No, they wouldn't. They would get killed by an NFL they team. They would get absolutely Shut your murdered. Mouth. They're not going to beat an NFL team. It's a dumb argument. Don't bring it up. With that being said, I think that Akron team I saw either last year or two years ago would lose to 10 Ohio high schools. They were horrible. That quarterback, it might be the same one for all I know. Whoever that quarterback was, I think he was a freshman, so it might be the same guy, did not belong on that field. It was so. It was like a mat game too. It wasn't yeah. like I was watching them play a big. They were horrible. Madison would have given them a run for sure. Um, uh, oh, and I got that Ohio game for you. They got whopped by Northwestern, thirty-five to six. Week, be- week before that, six. Yeah, that doesn't make it tougher. That's week, why they're not favored as high as you would think. Week before that, Louisiana smacked them, forty-nine, fourteen. Yeah, Louisiana's good. Dick, what is a Dick? Quesney. Duquesney. Duquesne? Is that how it's pronounced from the spelling? I feel like I've heard the word Duquesne. <laughs> Listen, if you told me that, I... D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. There you go. Who, whoever got that spelling gets a free koozie. <laughs> um, Auburn... All right, hold on. Oh, hold on. Can I change my... I'm taking Akron because Ohio hasn't won a game yet this year. Okay. Akron minus nine and a half at home. Uh, Ole Miss at Bama, fourteen and a half. Bama's favorite, fourteen and a half. They're not underdogs. Lane Kiffin's still there, right? Yeah, he's just got yes. Kiffin's still there. There it is, the confidence. Yeah, fourteen and a half. Ah, I'm gonna go Ole Miss. You know, Kiffin, he always gives Saban a run for his money. He knows that defense inside and out. Knows just how to attack him. It just. 
he's just always comes up short because he doesn't have the dudes for it. And I think he's kind of building the monster there in Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. They're looking like a team to be, you know, it, that can be making some noise next year too. Um, and Bama's – they're still in Bama, but they're not just absolute yeah. monsters like they were the last couple years. So yep. I'll take Ole Miss plus 14 and a half. Yep. Auburn at LSU. LSU minus three and a half. Haven't watched a lick of either team this year. Yeah. Um, Auburn came up and played like Penn State. Yeah. They not too long ago, right? Just barely lost to them, yeah, right? I think so. It was a close game. Has LSU don't, done anything? I don't know anything about LSU. They're, it's basically uh, I mean, three and a half. It, is, that might is, as well be a pick em. It's what the home. Yeah. You, you know, if you're the home team, they usually give you like three or something. Right? That's the saying. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much a pick em, LSU with home field advantage. Uh, you know what? Bo Nix, incredible quarterback name. Let's go Auburn. Indiana at Penn State. Penn State minus 12. Indiana's been scrappy, haven't they? I think I... Ex- I feel like they lost the game that like I expected them to win. Didn't they give Cincy a run for their money? Or maybe that's what it was. That's yeah. the one I... Ah, yeah. Okay, so Cincy was like two and a half point favorites going to Indiana, not Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And I picked Indiana. I was like, oh, Indiana's supposed to be good. They got a good coach. They got a quarterback. That's all I really know about them. I know yeah. they've been scrappy. I know people are saying like that is the team like Iowa State should be worried about is Indiana. Yeah. And I'm sure that's probably changed since then, but... Um, I remember like catching some of that game while I was at lunch one time, and I didn't think the team in white was Cincy because I'm like, "Whoa, they're getting killed right now by Indy." Yeah. What's the what's the spread? Remind me. Penn State by twelve. Penn State by twelve. Ooh, I like Indy to cover. Okay. Uh, Michigan at Wisconsin. Ooh, Wisconsin one and a half. Wisconsin minus one and a half, and yep. it's at Wisconsin. Correct. Michigan, big blue. That that's easy. I mean, Wisconsin—they've had some heartbreakers this season. Mm-hmm. Michigan's been on a tear, and you're only getting one and a half points when you're at home in the yeah. big house. I, I don't care how loud jump around is; it's it's worth more than one and a half points. So you Camp Randall, you're telling me that you don't like you know equal field? That's like Michigan. Minus four right there. So, yeah. I'm taking Michigan. Ohio State, 15 and a half at Rutgers. 15 and a half? Yeah. That's it? That's the one. Oh, God. I mean, these things update all yeah. the time. It's just... Is C.J. Stroud playing? Probably. Because well, he's okay. worth, he's I think worth it, like six points to Rutgers. I think it's going to be coach's decision. Yeah. Oh, God. That, that does change things. Which probably means, yeah. I think he's going to be healthy. Yeah. So I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be yes. I would. I would probably say without like really looking, mostly mm-hmm. just like Bleacher Report updates and stuff. I would say trending up. Uh, then I'm trending down on Ohio State. <sighs> you know what? I'm still gonna take Ohio State in the points, but fifteen and a half. Yeah, I think they win by three touchdowns. Yeah, comfortably. I don't think that's a bad bet. So that's twelve games. All right. That's twelve of them right there. That's fun. Yeah, at first I was going to do like rapid fire, like no thinking, no talking, just, you know, mm-hmm. pick one. And then talking about it was kind of interesting. Yeah, talking you know? about it. It's it's weird how we like to talk about sports. So, right. How about um, that? Boom. There's your there's your spreads for the week. All right. Um, so I guess we should probably get into our FW Renner and Sons question of the week. 
Let's hear it. And I've been I've been trying to think of how I wanted to how I wanted to phrase it. Um, I, th- I think I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was leaning like one way to kind of make it a tighter grouping of options, but I think I'm going to leave it more open ended now. Who is your favorite action movie actor? Action movie actor. Yes. Ooh. So like, I had a group of like specific actors in mind when mm. I thought of the question, and I was gonna really tailor it like just to them. And I'm like, ah, yeah. you know, no, let's just leave it open. Okay. Leave it open because you go anywhere. You yeah. could think of. Uh, I mean, you could say like Chris Pratt, the clown hero nowadays. You might really like him. You could say Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and I, I don't see him as like an action movie star. Mm-hmm. Westerns and action movies are two very different genres. Well, leaving it open for you. you um, so, where are you going? Where am I going? Would you like me to make it more narrow? I mean, you throw out a couple names because I got a couple floating in my head. But normally with this kind of thing, I like to, you know, I, I need some... Okay. Something something to spark. Alright, so let me springboard you into we'll, yeah. we'll narrow it down a little bit more. Um thinking of a pretty niche group here. Like eighties. I was thinking because Arnie did pop in my head, big like Arnold Eighties tough guy mm-hmm. action movie in, actor. In that case, I'm going Arnold Schwarzenegger all day, every day, twice on Sundays. Okay. See, I was just never a huge Arnie fan. I mean, like, I like not like I'm yeah. picking him as, you know. Um, I probably haven't seen as many of his movies as I probably should have, but, um, so I'm going. Oh, I just thought of another one. Damn, everybody knows how much I like Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, big, I can't say Dolph Lundgren though. He Dolph was like guy. he was like just a, you know, he's more an, he's just a second. In a one movie yeah. of a series, um, He's but a big Dolph Lundgren guy in general, mm-hmm. great guy. Uh, I'm going Bruce Willis. Ooh, that is a good one. So with him, get Die Hard. You get Die, die hard, hard Two, Die Hard Three, Die Hard four, four, Die Hard Five, Die Hard Five, Die Hard Six. Nah, I think just five. Yeah, Die Hard Six. It's not, and it's not called Die Hard Five either. I think I, I know but, they all have a different like die, die yeah. harder, <laughs> live free or never die. Um, yeah, it was a James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also it's something like that though. It is um, something. Damn, I could look it up, but that's yeah. gonna take like twenty seconds of dead air time. Yep. Uh, so Bruce Willis, I, I think he's got some range to him. He's, you know, obviously actiony. Mm. Um. The weird thing is, watch the show on Netflix. Um, damn, I forget what it's called. But basically, they go into like the behind-the-scenes stuff of movies. And um, there's two different episodes, two different seasons of it, I guess. And one of them's about Die Hard. It's like how Die Hard got created, how they cast it. Bruce Willis was like not the guy that should have been in that movie. Who'd they want? Anyone else. Up, in, up until Oof. that point... Oof. Uh, up until that point, Bruce Willis, which I didn't know, and I'm sure you didn't either, was like only a romantic, like um, TV series actor. 
and like not a real big one, but that's what he was known as. Like he was the Bruce Willis big soap opera guy. Very like I don't want to even say rom com because I don't even know if they're comedies, but like yeah, romantic y you know girl movies where he's the guy in them. You know he's okay. He was not actiony. He was not macho. He was not tough. And like everybody thought it didn't make sense. The movie itself was going to be a flop. Um, Die Hard, the first one, it just like the timing of it was horrible. They kept having to rewrite the script. They were actually writing scripts as the movie was going on. They were changing it as they went because they didn't like it. And mm-hmm. The timing was up, and everybody thought it was going to be a flop. And they eventually, one of the agents was like, "Hey, how about Bruce Willis?" And they're like, "Ah, fine, we'll take him." And they're like, because like everybody kept turning it down. Nobody wanted to do it. Hmm. And then he's like, okay, well, you can have Bruce Willis, but it's going to be like $5 million. And they're like, damn. Which at the time made him the highest paid actor in the world out of being a not successful romantic comedy actor before this. Damn. And then kills it. Perfect. The perfect person for all of this. But you know, he's got some, mm-hmm. he's got some comedy to him, some humor, yeah. like. He can play it off, um, and I think it's played well, and he's had a long career. And have, have you ever seen the well, – I, I know you have because you have the DVD, but um, the movie Red. Absolutely love it. And Red 2, awesome. Um, a little bit more – you know, he's older, so not as much action, but a little bit more comedy. Yeah, pretty good. I like Bruce Willis. Good guy. Good guy. I think uh, is the, the more open answer, I'm going to have to say Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. Just top – Top Gun, first off, is just peak cinema. Go like, Navy. You can't can't top it. I mean, hey, I don't, he flies cool. <laughs> he flies cool. Mission, so, the Mission Impossible series. Uh-huh. Uh, Jack Reacher. So that's the big one for me is Jack Reacher. The first one. Then you got <laughs> probably one of the cooler like sci-fi movies I've ever seen, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's like if you combine Groundhog Day and Starship Troopers into one movie. Um. What else you got? War of the Worlds. Oh, Last Samurai. Mm-hmm. Oh, forgotten one. Night and Day, which is like one of those weird. It's like I don't think I know that one. It, Cameron Diaz is the yeah, like starring act. It's kind of a one-off no surprise. Yeah, Tropic Thunder. Okay. Yeah. 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 I remember the first. I'm like, ah, oh, God, I know who that. Guy. <laughs> oh, that's Tom Cruise. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> good makeup. Catches you off guard for yep. sure. Uh, yada, yada, yada. I know he's got one more. Oblivion. Really good sci-fi movie with uh, Morgan Freeman in there. It's got kind of a twist that hits probably about halfway through the movie. It's like, oh, holy shit. This is actually a good movie. Why did I never watch this before? <laughs> yeah. Tom yeah. Cruise, good actor. Good movies. A lot of good movies. Mm. Oh, yeah. I like it. I, like, I feel like Stallone needs to be thrown in. Yeah. I mean, See, like... I'm more Stallone than Schwarzenegger. I never really got into any of his movies. Hmm, that's a shame. I mean, I think we did talk... Yeah, we did the sports movies ranking. Rocky Four, obviously, great movie. Yeah. But I never really wanted to watch the rest of the Rockies. Rocky um, Four is the one that I'll like stop and watch it when it's on TV. Yep. The rest of them, yeah. And, I mean, all the Rambo movies, like the first one was kind of a like a pointed movie about how we treated Vietnam veterans and then kind of the series devolved into Rocky kill bad guys. Yeah. You got to watch escape plan. The first one, only the first one. 
You do these not horrible wh- movies. It's not a horrible you movie. You love horrible movies for some reason. It's not. What makes you think it's a horrible movie? Because you're recommending it. Schwarzenegger's in it. He, he can't. Not everybody bats a thousand. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Escape Plan is legitimately a good movie. The second one sucks. I'm telling you, it sucks. Don't watch it. I'm mad that I did. And then there's a third one. I refuse to do it. All right. I I will give it a shot. It's good. <sighs> it's not like one of those, you know, deep sentimental throw a curve. I, I don't need uh, that. I mean, there's maybe like a twist or two in it. But like, yeah, it's not yeah. some. But it's just a good movie. Listen, man, you having grown ups too on your pedestal of movies. Like that just is a good movie. Just burned any movie opinion you ever have. You have to be able to differentiate my opinions on grown ups too, and when I tell you a different movie is good. Fair enough. What was I? There's a couple of the, oh yeah, the Expendable series. I will give you that. Stallone's fun in that one. Um, the first two, I didn't even watch a third one because they, they took out all of the blood and the like cursing out of what's supposed to be like a fun 80s yeah. action movie remake. Yeah. Kind of take the whole spirit out of it. And then Demolition Man. I think I caught that on AMC one time when I had nothing else going on that day. Not bad. Yeah, there's that uh, one movie where Stallone's a retired boxer that fights another retired boxer. Uh, Rocky Six? No, it's not a Rocky movie. Um, who's the... Oh, Creed. Got it. <laughs> no, what's the... Oh, boy. I'm going to have to look this one up so I don't sound too stupid. Rocky Balboa? No, it's not a Rocky movie, but, like, it is. <laughs> but it's not. Rambo Last Blood? No? Nothing? Grudge fight. match. Ah, there we go. De Niro and Stallone. You got Stallone. Oh, De Niro. I forgot about Stallone that one. Yeah. fighting De Niro. <laughs> and it's like, all right, hold on. I've seen one of these guys box in many times, many movies. And like, and the- I have an idea of what he is as a boxer. Obviously, in the movie, he's not Rocky. It's not supposed to be anything connected to Rocky whatsoever. But when you put Stallone in it, like everybody's thinking Rocky. It's like, oh, old retired boxer. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And you're fighting De Niro. All right, all right, hold on. All right, I, I've I, seen Rambo, Rocky, <laughs> Expendables. How is this a fair fight? I've never seen De Niro make an athletic move in any movie he's been in. doesn't look good in the movie either. Oh, like, yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, like, you know, it's not one of the movies where you got fit and ripped to be in it. He's like, yeah. oh, you want me to be an old, fat, retired boxer? Got it. It's <laughs> like, so, you want me to be in a boxing movie? I'll show up tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I, do you want me to diet now? No, no exercise program. I, uh-uh. I'm in. You're supposed to be an out of shape retired boxer. Oh, okay. Uh, what? Okay, so this is you know way back, probably his first, oh second, third acting credit. Did, does the porno that Sly was in count as action? No. Okay, so that's yeah, not on the list then. No. <laughs> Keep that in your back pocket of fun facts. Hey, man, you know, when you're trying to get into acting and you don't have any money, you got to take any job opportunity that comes. Stallone was one of those actors where he was literally broke and almost homeless and then ended up getting a big break. Same thing for uh, Matt LeBlanc, my friends. Oh, got it. He was like homeless. uh, Not homeless. He was like down to his last dime. Yeah. 
like, gonna have to, like, I don't know, move, I don't know where he's from, but, you know, like, he was broke, it's like, ah, I gotta go move in with the parents, like, get a job at McDonald's type of thing, and then got cast for friends, like, the next week, boom, that's all it took. Kind of in that same vein, also in the action movie vein, The Rock. The Rock. Had like, what, seven? I, yeah, he had like seven bucks to his name at one point. Mm-hmm. And then got... Failed football player. Yep. Went and put, did he go, he played a Canadian or arena football or something, I thought. Sure. He was at the U and then nothing really. Had a, He had knee injuries. Yep. Played behind Warren Sapp. I think he ended up trying... I think he tried out for some team... I don't want to say it was the NFL, though. Or maybe he was, like, tried out for an NFL team, didn't make it. Then he played Canadian or arena football for a year or something like that. But then after that, yeah, I mean, nothing. Had nothing going on. Yeah. Ended up going to wrestling eventually. But He's a wrestler. He's a wrestler. And then yeah, not a lot of movies I like of his, even though he seems like a very likable guy. I like him in the... Fast and Furious series. I just don't like that series in general. Like, it's not that it's bad or anything. It just never sucked me in. Yeah. And then I think I tried to hop in in, like, Fast 7, and it's like they're skydiving out of cars. Start at Fast and... 5. Start at Fast 5. Okay. Fast 5 is probably one of the best ones, too. And yeah. it's also before it got insane. <laughs> yeah, because, like, jumping in at 7, it's like... This is... Five, is when it, 5 is when the series changed. Got it. He had like one through four, mm-hmm. one of them being like a spinoff. It's Tokyo not, Drift. Yeah, Tokyo Drift is like its own thing. But I think he had like one through four. It made me like four, it started transitioning. I'm trying to remember what four was. And then five is like, okay, fast five. It's like, now mm-hmm. we got, it, it's a little bit different. It, production's way up. But like, we're not flying cars. Yeah. Because then he's in, what, Jungle Cruise which is a movie after a Disney theme park ride. Jumanji and Jumanji 2, which if it ain't got Robin Williams, I don't want it. Yeah. I didn't even know they made a second one. Yeah. Baywatch. San Andreas, Rampage. Moana? Yeah, Moana is in there. Big action movie. Yeah, there's one movie I don't. I forget. Oh, you just mentioned the Disney right thing. There's one movie that I have to. I've been meaning to watch for a couple of years now, and I just always forget about it. Um, that would be. I got. I don't remember the name of it, but Johnny Knoxville is in it. He's the lead and probably only actor in the entire movie. Okay, <clears throat> let's see, Johnny. The whole concept of the movie is it's based off real life, but there was some like theme park. That got built in an area where there was no like laws or regulations <laughs> for rides, and some like they just made very super dangerous rides where people got injured. So he just turned Jackass into a theme park, kind of. But it was like this is a real life story. Like there was a theme park where people were getting messed up because the rides were not safe. Oof. And I don't know if he was the one that like owns it in the movie or, but he gets messed up a lot. It just seems like a dumb comedy that's... But it's probably really bad, because I saw a trailer for it, then, like, three years later, I forgot it existed. Yeah, when was this? It probably was bad. When was this made? A couple years ago. He has a lot more movies than I thought. Him and The Rock were both in Walking Tall. I did... That was one of the movies that that caught me off guard there. It's like, Walking Tall, what? He's in there? That's a good movie. Oh, yeah, he was the 
Deputy, I guess. I haven't seen Walking Tall. Oh, it's a good movie. I'll put it on the list. Yeah, I know what that means. Yep. It's actually... Come on. I'll consider it. He, like, plays some backyard football in the beginning a little bit, and they go after his knee because they're dirty. And it's, like, a real-life reference because he has a bad... You know, had a bad knee from football. Gonna gonna go out on a limb and say the movie you're talking about is probably not Elvis and Nixon. Hmm. I don't think so. I'm gonna find this in like six seconds. Movie 43? I know what that is for some reason. I don't know what that is. Action point. When was that made? 2018. Eesh. So not even on his list. Eesh. <laughs> oh, um, there we are. Uh, 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. 0.5 out of 5 on IndieWire. A 5.1 out of 10 on IMBD. But 80% of Google users like it. Well, kind of torn between like most people are dumb and also never trust the critics. Yeah, just meet in the meet in the medium. Give it a nice seven out of ten. I'm going into it with just the idea that it's gonna be like a crappy Johnny Knoxville just getting messed up doing different rides, kind of. Mm. Like I said, Jackass, but a theme park. Yeah, kind of what I expect from it. Well. That's all I got. That be it. So. See you in seven months, bud. Yeah. You know, I'll be back. Maybe. You'll uh, you'll be there on Friday. I will. Damn Skippy. Got a couple things to take care of, but be there on Friday, and then that's pretty much the last thing I'm going to be doing in Ohio until, I don't know, get back in mid-April-ish. Probably, Maybe. The dates changed so many times. I don't even know, or don't know if I even care anymore. If I'll get back at some point, overcome and adapt, huh? Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the same branch. Didn't say it was. Not even the same. Like, yeah, didn't even get it right. <laughs> adapt and overcome. Improvise, adapt, overcome. Oh, no, you're doing the... No, I was just talking. Oh, you're just talking? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just talking. I was, just giving, talking. I was just giving advice. Oh, yeah, thanks, man. I wasn't quoting anything. Great advice. I wasn't quoting. <laughs> sure you weren't. Just adapt. Just adapt. <laughs> <laughs> My advice is getting shorter every time you ask for it. <laughs> Get shorter? I'm already short. Just. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, we're We're getting weird now, so... Go Tigers, beat Euclid. Go Tigers.